So welcome back to Thrive, your agency resource. Today we're talking about the recurring feeling of overwhelm that a lot of leaders can relate to and then actually how to overcome it. So super exciting discussion and I'm sure it'll resonate with everyone. Um, my guest is Heather Yendo, a nonprofit consultant with Third Space Studio in Raleigh, North Carolina. And what Heather does is she essentially helps uh, nonprofit leaders um, to really understand how they can create impact and then generate more of it. So Heather, thank you so much for being here. I'm really, really excited to have you join me today. Great. I'm really glad to be here. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. So I'm uh, glad to be able to talk about it a little bit with you today. So we actually connected after you published um, a blog post. And I think the blog post was essentially based on an article that you came across in the Harvard Business Review. So I want to hear a little bit about the, the main theme of that, and then we'll kind of dive in uh, to, to getting some, some kind of relief or remedy for these people. Yeah, yeah. So the, the article that I saw in the Harvard Business Review was how to deal with feeling constantly overwhelmed. And so certainly I see that all the time with nonprofit leaders that I work with, but I also see it in consultants um, and in folks running small businesses that I work with. And so that article really, really just spoke to me. And so it talked about uh, how being overwhelmed shows up, um, feeling confused, unable to make decisions, irritable, and then also what are some of the strategies that you can use to address that? Um, what are some of their top tips for thinking about how to uh, deal with overcome? Right. So um, if, we, if we start to dive into it, I think a good place to start is talking maybe about the physiological symptoms of overwhelm and burnout, right? Every single person listening or watching to this can really relate to that. I know you can, I know I can. Um, you know, I think starting there, but then also, um, what does it feel like and how do you recognize it? You know, I think that's a, that's a really great place to start. Yeah. So I think a lot of the leaders I talk to recognize burnout in their rear view mirrors. They can look back and say, oh yeah, last summer I was really burnt out. But a lot of us, it's hard to recognize in the moment. Yes. Um, it might be, yeah, we're just really high functioning, right? And so we are used to having a million things going on and answering emails at all hours of the day. Right. Um, and so we don't realize the toll it's taking. Um, some of the signs that, that the article explains and that I really feel as well are feeling of just being foggy, um, uh, inability to make simple decisions. So I don't know about you, but I get to the end of the day and I'm negotiating with my partner where to go for dinner and just cannot <laughs> handle. You're like, just make pick a place. I don't care if it's Greek or Thai or whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't make another decision. So that for me is one of the signs. Okay. Um, certainly kind of stress, but stress manifests in all kinds of ways. For me, it manifests in irritability. And so I know when I start getting snippy with my dog that there's something going on when I'm angry at this adorable little thing who does nothing but love me, that there's something else happening. Right. Um, and, and then, of course, you've got kind of this, this sleeping, eating, um, exercise problems that come up with when you're overworked and, and overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it's um, when I look back at, you know, when I was running my agency, um, it was especially um, in that, you know, the last few years of it, it was just a, a loss of passion. 
Mm. Um, you know, just a, a lower vibration in, in my own mood, um, maybe a little bit of being, feeling lethargic. You know, those were the things that I could, you know, reflect back on and say, yeah, that, if I look at that, those were definitely my physiological symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely get to the end of the day sometimes and all I want to do is go to bed. Yeah. It's eight o'clock and I'm just spent. Right. Um, and so that for me is some of that, that lethargy as well. And, and that's also your body communicating to you. You're like, you need to shut down. If you, if you don't consciously shut down, like we're going to shut you down. We're going to make yeah. you feel that exhausted where it's like the only thing you want to do is crawl under the covers and just like shut it down for the night, yeah. you know? Um, so as you were, you know, sort of, uh, you read this article, you subsequently wrote about it. What were your top three takeaways, um, whether those were for the executive directors and leaders of nonprofits that you work with, or whether those are for creative and technology agency leaders who we're talking to today? Yeah. So I think three things that I really got out of it that reinforced some of what we hear all the time, but just particularly in this context. So the first was um, really thinking about what's the, your main source of stress right now. How can you identify what's happening? Um, what are the projects? What are the tasks? Whatever it is that's really uh, you are struggling with the most, that you're thinking about the most, that you're stressing about the most. Um, identifying those and the steps you can take to actually address whatever is happening there. Sometimes I find that I'm stressed about something because I'm letting it hang out in the back of my head and I'm not bringing it to the front and saying, okay, I actually need to think about how I'm going to get work in the second quarter of next year, right? What's, right. what's the plan for that? Right. Um, so that's number one is kind of being really clear with yourself about what is contributing to, to what's going on in your brain. Mm -hmm. The second um, that I really like is, is really carving out more uh, boundaries around your work. So that can be time boundaries in that I'm only going to work between X and Y. It can be time blocking. So really thinking about if you've got a project that's on your mind, you haven't been able to find the time for, can you just start with an hour next Tuesday morning and just think about that project? Right. And then along with that is just saying no, right? Really being clear, I can't do that then, or I can, I need to push this off. It's not a good time. Right. Um, and then the, the third piece um, that I think is, is probably true for you, it's certainly true for me, is to let go of the idea of perfect. Hmm. Um, oh, do you know me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so just thinking about, you know, what needs to be A plus work and what can be B plus work. Yeah. Um, and where, where do we really need to spend our time and energy making it perfect? And where can we say, you know, this is great. This is good enough. This is, is ready to go. Let's get it out into the world. Yeah. So those are the, the three big ones. Yeah. And those are big ones. I mean, all three of those resonate really deeply with me. Um, and in the work that I do with agency leaders, similar to, you know, how you're working with nonprofit leaders, um, listen, at the end of the day, the titles don't matter. What we do for a living doesn't matter. We are all human. Um, and so of course those things are going to be, you know, really resonant. And like you said before, stress and anxiety and overwhelm presents differently for each of us. And that's based on maybe our past experiences, how we grew up, what organizations we've been a part of, you know, all of those things. So there's, there's a lot to that, but I think those in particular are really, really strong takeaways. So, uh, I, I definitely appreciate those. Um, there's also something that we talked about the last time that we were together, 
this concept of, you know, part of the resolution or part of the overcoming overwhelm has to do with self-care. And there's a big difference between self-care and self-soothing. And I think that's a mm-hmm. really interesting place to kind of take the conversation because I'm, I'm really curious to hear um, your, your thoughts about that. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the rise of self-care is something that I think more and more people are paying attention to. And so more and more companies and organizations are paying attention to. And um, there's been something that's, that's floated around in the past couple of weeks or past couple of months on the internet that talks about self-care versus self-soothing. And so a lot of the things that we have in the past, I think, articulated as self-care are actually just band-aids on the, on the problem. Yeah. So, you know, the, the wine and bubble bath self-care is really kind of a temporary solution. Um, the practicing mindfulness every day is more of a self-care. It's more long-term, helps to get to this overwhelm issue and others. So the big difference was kind of what's, what's happening at one point in time, what's a quick fix in some ways that actually doesn't fix anything versus what's taking care of yourself. So the real self-care in that are things like managing your finances, cooking a delicious meal, signing up for exercise classes. They're those things that are not going to instantly fix some of the uh, stress or anxiety you're feeling, but over time are really taking care of yourself. Rather so, than yeah, I was just going to say, so that for me, what, what the difference is, um, I think underlyingly is it's really the, the discipline and the commitment after you recognize what that, that underlying issue is, right. Yeah. Or like where those feelings of the overwhelm, the stress, the anxiety, where are those coming from? And then what can I do on a day-to-day basis to start to regulate those emotions and, um, make that sort of a lifestyle change as opposed to let me go get a massage because I'm super, you know, my shoulders and neck are super tight because I've been on a computer all week or the wine and bubble bath or those things are great. And I don't discount them, but I agree with you that they are sort of a bandaid and they're just to fix what happened today versus like, do you want to actually make this a a lifestyle choice? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, uh, uh, kind of self-care that I never thought of self-care is going to the grocery store. Oh my God. I love you. I love going grocery <laughs> shopping. Most people I hate it. Like, yeah. I don't love going to the grocery store, but when I started to reframe it as this is an opportunity for me to buy food that will nourish my, my body. Um, it's a way to get me out of the, the kind of cycle of buying the takeout food that I know isn't good for me, but that's the only, I don't have anything in my house. When I reframed it that way, I could see like, yes, actually, as much as I dislike the act of being in the grocery store with all these other people, it is actually self-care. So my trick for that is, and why I love it so much is I actually bring my phone. I have my shopping list on my phone, so I have to bring my phone anyway. I plug in my headphones and I listen to my favorite music as I'm food shopping. Oh, I and love so it. this way it doesn't, um, it, I'm still in my own world, but I have the same mindset that you have. Like I get to choose the, the things that are, I'm going to put in my body. And so I think part of that is definitely mindfulness and bringing awareness to every single thing. And it could be food shopping. It could be, you know, whatever, you know, there's, there's so many different examples of how you can reframe and reset the way that you approach something, you know, what, first of all, what is your intention in this? 
How are you mm -hmm. feeling when you go into this situation? Um, you know, and, and you can make things that are other people would actually dislike or find mundane. You can make them really uh, meaningful. So yeah. I, I love that example. Yeah. Right. So um, as we start to wrap up, I want to um, touch upon something that's, that's, you know, going on with you uh, with this National Directory of uh, Nonprofit Consultants. Um, and just hear a little bit more about that, because that could also be really valuable to the audience. I know it's a separate topic, but uh, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, thanks. So um, I have launched Nonprofitist, which is nonprofit.ist. It's a national directory and network of nonprofit consultants, coaches, accountants, lawyers. Mm. So all of the folks who are serving nonprofits as experts. Um, and it's not only a chance for, for nonprofit leaders to find new people that they can partner with, but it really is an opportunity for us as a lot of us are small business owners or um, work just one or two people in a company. Um, it's a chance for us to meet and learn from each other across the network and to share resources and best practices. Um, so if folks want to check it out, it's nonprofit.ist. That's amazing. I will definitely check that out. I'd be interested in that. And I know a lot of the um, creative and technology agency leaders who are listening or watching um, that serve nonprofits, that could be an incredible resource for them also. Um, and just to loop it all around, if those resources are in need and part of overwhelm is, um, you know, not having the right talent or resources or yeah. people in your network, um, maybe that could provide some, some relief as well. So absolutely. Thank you, thank you for that. Um, well, this has been a great discussion. Um, is there anything else that you want to leave the audience with before we wrap up? You know, the, the last thing is just pay attention to your body, pay attention to what your body is trying to tell you about overwhelm. Um, one of my favorite teachers here in North Carolina says the question to ask yourself is what do I need right now? And I think just pausing and asking yourself that over the course of the day can really help you address some of this overwhelm and over time build to going grocery shopping, taking care of your finances, um, really being intentional about that. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today, Heather. This was great. This Thanks for having me. brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.